All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, December 11th of 2023 here. First show of the week. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Saber Sim. This is a show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions, get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get joined up, there is a link in the description below. You also get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you also get access to the rest of the SaberSim team here beyond myself. So definitely a great place to be. If you have sport-specific questions, if you want to get access to a community of people trying to get better at DFS here, but... Uh, we obviously have one really huge announcement to make here. Uh, SaberSim users, n- SaberSim users won not only one Millie Maker yesterday, but two Millie Makers yesterday. We had Elusive Smoke taking down the FanDuel millionaire over on FanDuel. So sh- huge shout out to Elusive Smoke. And then we also had Hacksaw shipping the DraftKings Millie Maker in the large field. So it was super cool to see them winning. I also saw a ton of other winners as well. So for instance, on FanDuel, four out of the top five entries were all SaberSim users and they were all different people. So that was super cool. Bunch of good wins over there. I saw people do good in the Sunday night showdown. So really happy to just hear and see all the winning screenshots from you guys. I, I know you guys are putting in work, tuning in every day, asking questions, trying to get better, using contest flashback and, you know, doing all these great things to make yourselves better. So big shout out to everybody who is grinding. And then if you guys haven't won yet, hey, stick with it. Stay in there. Keep getting better. This is the place that you want to be if you want to be a winning DFS player. So just wanted to make sure uh, we we gave out some kudos there. And to get the show started, um, you know, looking ahead to today, we have Monday Night Football. We have a 13-game NBA slate. We have a four-game hockey slate. So still plenty of DFS to play. Uh, it is Monday, so we do have to announce the winners for this week's weekly max challenge. And then if you guys aren't sure what I'm talking about here, uh, this is our weekly max challenge promotion slash giveaway we do during the NFL season here. Get access to weekly rewards, season-long rewards. If you guys have been playing with us for a little bit here, all you got to do is this page is in the description of this video. Use the green answer to the challenge button. Follow the eligibility requirements down here on the bottom. And uh, that will get you access to all these awesome rewards. We have a DraftKings version. We have an owner's box version as well. So to get the show started, uh, let's see who our winners were. So over on DraftKings this week, it looks like 12-pack abs with an 11th place finish and 221.62 points coming in as our highest DraftKings winner for this week. So they are going to get a free Sabersome hoodie and an entry into our end of the season free roll. So congratulations to you. And then over on owner's box, we actually had a tie, which is super interesting. Uh, Fish on and Nopticopter were our highest two participants, both getting 20th place and 199.62 points. So I don't know if this was a duplicate lineup or it was a unique tie, but either way, uh, we're going to honor the rewards for both of you here. So you're both going to be getting a SaberSim hoodie and a free month of SaberSim Ultimate. So shout out to you guys here. And then last thing that we have to do is I, I grabbed all the names already. The link to this page is in the Office Hours channel, so you can check it out to see. Uh, make sure you're entered. We do our best to capture everybody, but we always put it up there so you guys can double check our work. 
And um, I grabbed all the names. I brought them over to our trusty wheel of names. We had 185 people enter this week. So I'm going to hit the shuffle button a couple of times here. And then we are going to spin to see who our winner is. And it looks like the winner will be Giant Orange. Congratulations. You are this week's winner here. What you are going to win is free entry into next week's mini max here. So appreciate everybody who participates in this giveaway each and every week. We appreciate you guys. And we look forward to keeping it, keeping it rolling here and having a strong end of the season. So thank you guys all. And then for the winners here, uh, our support team will reach out to you and let you know you have won. But with that said, we're going to get Saber Sim pulled up here. And I am going to get started with a question that came in over the weekend from support here. And then we'll jump into the Office Hours channel in Discord. And then we will ultimately end up in the live YouTube chat. So first question here says, is there any value in excluding the first couple of games in NBA to take advantage of later news slash late swap? Uh, I think this is actually a very interesting uh, topic and a very interesting discussion here. Um, it's something that I've thought about a lot. And the, the answer is that there's not a wrong or right answer. And you got to think about it a couple different ways, right? So if you were to go over to like the injury report, for NBA for today. So if I go over to basketball news, uh, basketball monster news dashboard, and I come in here and like, you know, there are a ton of questionables, right? Like very, very normal. Um, some of this news comes out prior to lock. Some of it might not be as impactful here, right? So like Jake LaRavia, La like probably not like the most important. Uh, Colby Jones and Malik Wong, like, ah, you know what I mean? So, um, not some of this isn't always impactful, but but some of it is, right? So there's a couple different ways to think about this. I will start with the way I like to handle this, and then I will talk about some alternate strategies from there. I think that's probably the easiest approach here. So when there's a lot of games at lock, I would probably not do this. And the reason for that is because we have one, two, three, four games on a 13 game slate. So like that is already like a third of the slate almost. Um, this idea of, of, of managing your exposure to early games is probably better when there's like one game at lock or two games at lock on a big slate. And there's a lot of pending news. So it does fluctuate a little bit. Um, that being said, you know, let's, let's imagine that this was a, you know, one game at lock or two games at lock or something like that. So the way that I personally like to do this, when there is a lot of news on the slate and, you know, what is a lot of news, uh, that's that's subjective as well. But usually I'm coming on here looking like, hey, are there a lot of big names later in the slate? Like, what is what are we, you know, hoping to happen here? Uh, so, so that's a little subjective. But one thing that I'll do is I'll come to like the first game. So there's only one game here. I will typically come in here and sort by either projection or by value and probably just like remove some of these lower value guys that are have like middling salaries. So like, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a jump here with like Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love. Um, but just for the sake of this example, like I might come in here and I might just X these guys. Right. So like basically what I'm saying is like, Hey, I am okay playing a small number of these guys, but I want to limit the guys that I'm okay accepting here. And 
you know, what that barrier to entry is, is a little subjective. You know, it might be a projection threshold, like, Hey, maybe I don't want to play anyone under 25 fantasy points, or maybe if they're over 25 fantasy points, maybe I want them to have at least a five value, right? These are like some ideas that I'll toy around with, but, but really I think you can go as far as to like curate your players from the early game. I don't love the idea of getting rid of everybody, but I do like the idea of at least curating who you're going to have exposure to. And that is something that I would think about Um, to come in here and like, just to just completely X the games, you know, feels like a little too much. Um, I don't love that, but I do love the player pool curation, which is like something that I'll do. Another thought here, right? Kind of the opposite is that let's say that value is going to come out, right? Like, let's say there's a lot of news pending and you're expecting some cheaper options to become available as the night goes on. Well, if you think about how ownership and exposures and and uh, salaries work out in that scenario. So th- this gets like a little tricky. It's a little hard to explain. But like, let's say that somebody's going to get ruled out late and some cheap value opens up. Well, now the players who already locked, like these higher salary guys, like maybe Joel Embiid, maybe his projected ownership is 15, but, but that's in this slate dynamic. If news breaks later and some cheaper guy opens up, well, that opens up salary. So maybe in if if you were to run the ownership projections in that scenario, maybe Joel Embiid would have been 25% owned, right? So so what can happen is like you can get these guys at what is like a quote unquote depressed ownership because they start at lock. And if news had come out sooner, their ownership would have been higher. So like there's there's another school of thought where it's like, hey, maybe I want to get extra exposure to some of the best plays on the early slate to some of the highest projected players to some of the highest salary players hoping that news breaks and I can swap to a better player then and then I got to capture that higher salary player early so that one's a little tricky right because your lineup might look really ugly at the start of a slate here where you're playing like a super cheap guy who's projected for like 10 points and and he looks like a terrible play but you're almost using that player as like a placeholder and hoping to get into a better lineup because you're using so much salary early. Right. So like, that's another idea. Like, Hey, maybe I want to jam some of the higher projected higher salary guys early and then, you know, see if I can make up for it with late swap with value breaking later. So there's a couple different ways to think about it. I definitely think you're on the right thought track here. So stay on it, you know, keep asking questions, uh, keep, you know, experimenting, but ultimately, I think it's a good question and something that you can definitely add value to your process by doing. So good question. But we get a timestamp recording of this answer back over to you uh, via support here. So thanks again. All right. Um, next question here looks like it came in from looks like some of these are good here. Okay, maybe this carry out coal one. Uh, let's see if I can do this. So looks like the question is, there's a lot of back and forth. Appreciate you guys helping each other out. 
Uh, if I'm trying to force double stacks, if a player is paired with their quarterback, does this rule work? The main question is, will it, this force a double stack or will it allow them to be a single stack since Gerald Everett and Austin Eckler are in both groups? So it's basically saying, if at least two, then use at least one. So what you're saying here is, you know, if I use two of these players, I want to use a third one. Um, this isn't a perfect rule for a stack, really, because what, what the rule looks like for everybody watching, it's an if-then rule. Well, it's actually for football. So let's go Let's go to tonight's two-game slate. We do have a, a rare two-game slate late in the year on a Monday night. So those are always, like, really fun slates, in my opinion. Uh, and then we're actually going to get our first dose of Saturday NFL this upcoming week, which should be fun here as well. So it's a group manual rule. And then it says, if at least two, then use at least one. And then basically what they did was they said, hey, if I want to use, say, uh, a running back, say, okay, there's lineups here. That's what's wrong. A quarterback and a tight end. It's saying then use, and then it's basically saying some other pass catcher. So like they're trying to put like a core. The problem is here basically that this does not guarantee that it's going to be a primary quarterback stack because you could put Aaron Jones and Tucker Craft in a lineup and then you could basically end up having like a three stack with no quarterback. So if you're trying to do something like this, what I would do is write a rule that says if at least I would say a the the easier way to go here is probably to say if at least one and then you could do a team's tight end because tight ends like a little more static they're usually not that many great options so like yeah, you have Tucker Craft here, right? But then who's your next tight end? Like Ben Sims? Like, like, come on. Uh, so if if at least Tucker Craft, or you can, you could even do the quarterback. Like if, if I'm going to use the quarterback, then use at least two here on the same team. And then I would just like running back and tight end here. And then what I would do is like, if you only wanted this for a specific team, because it looked like you were only trying to do it for the Chargers, save it as a manual rule. So I'm going to hit save. And then when I save it as manual, I can open this up. And then if I only wanted to do Green Bay, I could go and trash the rule for these other teams. So if like you have this type of rule where you can write it as automatic, but then you you only want to use it for one specific scenario here, I would just do something like this. And then now the rule is only going to be for Green Bay. And then now if you open it up, it says, if Jordan Love, then use at least two of these guys. And then, you know, you're probably not going to use Ben Sims. You're probably not going to use Patrick Taylor. So, and then if I wanted to come in here and like, you know what? I don't even want to use these guys. I can actually get rid of them, right? I can just X them. So I'm saying if I use Jordan Love, then use Aaron Jones and Tucker Craft here. You can even come in here and adjust it, right? Like, hey, maybe I want to add Romeo Dobbs. Maybe I want to add Jaden Reed, right? So doing manual gives you, saving manual gives you a lot of ability to tweak those small rules here. All right. Good question there. Um. Next question looks like GM33 helped out. And then it looks like there was a little bit of a follow-up here. So happy to follow up on this. Said 
My goal is to force double only when the quarterback is paired with certain players. I already have an if Herbert then force one of at least Allen Eckler Everett. What I'm looking for is the rule with Eckler or Everett to force a double, but then it still allows singles with Allen. Yeah. So this gets like super, super tricky. You're probably going to have to just put a bunch of different rules together. Uh, basically saying like, Hey, if you know, Everett and like, if all three, right. Like if Everett, uh, Eckler and Herbert, then use one. So like, you might want to do something like that, or you could write it for each, right? So like, if Herbert and Eckler used one more, if Herbert and Everett used one more, and then you're going to have multiple rules to try and figure that out. All right. Uh, looks like next question here from the piano teacher. Question says, Hey, Andrew, a big part of my process is using Saberson projections, but adjusting at the team score level and individual player level. For a sport like basketball where news comes in last minute, how can I refresh to get the updated projections while maintaining my team level adjustments and player boosts, or is that not possible? Okay, so so really what happens here, and the best place for you to be is going to be in the NBA lineups alert Discord because you can see when the Sims run and finish. But basically, if you come into your team stacks, and then you go to Minnesota, right? And Or let's just go to uh, Philly, right? Philly, highest total on the day. So, you know, say that Philly comes out, right? Uh, maybe instead of 127, you think they're going to score 129 to so give them like a two-point boost. When you hit yes and apply those changes to the team here, you're going to see that, hey, you know, all of their projections are going to get updated. If a new sim runs but you still have your team total adjustment in here, their projections are not going to change. They're going to change in the SS projection column, but the update that you made will not be overridden. And really, I don't think that, you know, it gets, it gets kind of interesting here, right? So like, oh, this is weird. Um, I'm going to have to think about this one. Because the only thing that I can imagine here is like, if there is injury news for this team, you know, how does this get updated? I might have to like ask, cause that's like a, a definitely like a tricky situation where like, okay, say, say news breaks and like, say, you know, minutes get moved around and shifted. I'm almost positive that these projections will stay the same, but I do want to check on that. So let me ask. So the piano teacher question. Let me ask, and then I will respond in Discord, but I don't want to lead anyone astray because that is definitely like a tricky situation. All right, next question. How do I set a rule to not allow more than two pass catchers against opposing D for this two-game slate? So what I would say is do a group rule automatic if then so i'm gonna say oh this is nba gotta go back to football okay back to football settings lineup rules automatic so if at least one and i'm gonna click defense 
not allow more than two pass catchers against opposing D. So I'm going to say if I use at least one defense, then use no more than two on the opposing team and then only check in wide receivers or tight ends. So like basically this would be it. So if I'm going to use a defense, then I don't want to use more than two pass catchers here from the opposing team. That is how you would write the rule. So pause it and then rewrite that for yourself. All right. Good question there. Question from KJ. Is there a simple way to make utility guard and forward positions only el eligible to later games on the slate? I find myself constrained when trying to lead swap for better options. Uh, so if Sabersim, so what Sabersim will do is make sure that when it builds your lineups, if there are players in the later game, it will put them in those positions. So if you are trying, if you are building a lineup and you know, your, your players, like maybe Saberson just doesn't like any of those players, then it won't use them, but it'll basically look at all the players it has in the lineup and then put the players with the latest start time in the end. If you want to guarantee that, what I would just do is just do a small manual group rule. If you're like trying to save positions for late swap. So we talked a little bit about this last week, uh, go to the last game on the slate, click the players, uh, use the filter icons for the game here. And then just say like, hey, use at least three and then just like check in these guys real quick. So then I'm going to like check in probably everybody above like 25 fantasy points. Just stop right here at Zubok. And then this is going to guarantee me positions and um, and just like overall salary flexibility. So then if I were to come in here, right, and then build, say, 500 lineups, because I'm saying, hey, use at least three here. Uh, these should all end up coming in in my flex spots, but we can just check that really quickly here. Um, so this is probably one of the easiest ways to do it is just with a small manual group rule. The builder will build a little bit slower here, but what I can see is that, okay, I have I have two Clippers here in this first lineup, right? And then my next player comes in earlier. So like for whatever reason, you know, it it uh wanted to play a double center here with Hartenstein, and then it just moved Quiliner up. So like it just depends on what players it ends up using, but for the most part, it's gonna put them in those flex positions. This next one has three in the flex. Uh, this next one has two clippers up higher. So uh really just kind of depends like if it wants to use what positions that it wants to use, right? So like none of these guys are a uh like Miles Turner is not a point guard, right? So like that's why James Harden gets moved up, but really just comes down to what the builder is trying to do here. So that's one of the easiest ways to do it. All right, hopping over to the YouTube chat. Question says, which has greater impact on contest sims? Custom projections or custom ownership? I'm always looking to better understand what levers to pull. Good question. So uh, if you're going to use custom ownership, then simply uploading custom ownership is not going to have an effect on the contest sim. If you want to have an effect on the contest sim through custom ownership, you're going to have to build a custom set of field lineups. So we actually go over that on our YouTube channel. If you go to playlists, if you go to understanding contest sims, uh, using custom ownership with contest sims, this is a walkthrough of basically how to take custom ownership, how to create field lineups, and then how to use those for your contest sim. Now, the custom projections will also have an effect, but those you simply just upload, and then they have an effect on the contest sim scoring output. So if you your custom projections take 
Joel Embiid from 65 to 70 points. Then in the contest, Sam, every time he scores, you know, 40, we're going to give him 45. Every time he scores 80, we're going to give him 85. And then that's going to affect the scores of the lineups and then ultimately affect the results of the contest. Sim. So uh, uploading custom projections, a little bit easier. Uploading custom ownership, you have to take the extra step, extra step of building your own field. But good question. William said, where is Saber score on single game showdown? Uh, it should be there. And if I were to go to like tonight, let's say I'm just, I'm just playing the Tennessee Miami for whatever reason here. So I'm going to make two adjustments. Going to build only 200 lineups. And then, uh, so Saber score for single game showdown is called single game. And it should just be a summary statistic. So you can always see it in the drop down up here. So you see, like, you come up here, Saber score, you open up Saber score. You have all these other options here. So the small slate is two to two to five games. Large slate is six or more games. And then single game is for uh, a showdown like this. And then you see the single game score down here on the bottom. All right. Tim said, it looks like favorites won't work for this. So how would you recommend building a pool of lineups to submit into contests when you are dealing with a lot of lineups? For example, I want 100 with Hill as MVP and 50 with Tua. Uh, I don't see why favorites wouldn't work for that. So my understanding is that you could put 500 lineups in favorites. So you shouldn't have a problem building a hundred in one build, building 50 in another, sending them all to favorites and then filling your 150 max contest from there. But if you are having trouble doing that for whatever reason, the best resource here was going to be, uh, put it, go to, go to the top right menu, go to report a problem, and then just write us a brief description of what you are experiencing and then let us know. And then we can fix it from there. All right, William said, I thought max Saber score was 100. Uh, so Saber score used to be normalized to 100, but when we started doing Saber score for each individual sport, uh, we we opened it up here. So what I would always do is just come in here, sort by highest to lowest, and just use this highest as your baseline here. So if you want to see what the formula looks like, you can, um, you can come in here. Usually there's like an eye icon. I think something's wrong with my Saber sim right now. Uh, there's typically an eye icon and then it will open up the formula for you to view. So I would check that out. And then uh, it's, it's it's a balance of some projection, up lineup upside, and sim optimals. So it is not normalized to 100 anymore. But all right, those are all the questions that we had here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, again, big shout out to the millionaire maker winners. Uh, my... And mine and Max's NFL DFS review show should be out uh, in a little bit here. I'm going to work on getting that out in like the next 30 minutes to an hour here. That way you can guys can, uh, you know, hear our thoughts about the lineups. And, and we went into a little bit deep dive into all things week 14 NFL main slate. So I hope you guys enjoy our review shows here. Uh, they've been a lot of fun. And until tomorrow, everybody take care. Good luck. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.